This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's lakers weekend at lakerholic spotlight everyone it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week twice a week wherever you get your podcasts on this week's episode we'll be covering the thanksgiving weekend box office plus more great stuff that's on the way Talking about some good things there for you at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Inside Sports Fantasy Football, we got another great week up ahead. we got some really cool things to talk about, so go ahead, go ahead and check that out there wherever you get your podcast. Plus also as well, Joe Sorrell is at LakersBall.com. It's Oxide247. He's also the guy behind Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. Uh, Dante, good morning to you. Intel Wild, pleasant morning to you. Hopefully everybody has had a terrific and safe Thanksgiving Day weekend. Want to give a big shout out to, of course, our good friends at Daniel Berry Sports Highlights, Empire Jeff TV, of course, also as well, the John McCallion Channel, Lakers and Five, and our brand new sponsor for a little while here. Want to go ahead and give a big shout out to Magic Mind. You hop on over to magicmind.com. You take a look and see if that supplement right there that they have in Magic Mind is right for you. You know, it says that it gives you sharper focus, better attention span that it might do for you. So if you think it's right for you, go ahead and get a bottle, a couple bottles. How about 15 bottles? Get a 15 or a 30 pack today. And when you do, you just go ahead to checkout and type in the words, Lakers 20 to get 20% off your order today at Magic Mind. But also here today to go ahead and discuss everything going on with the Lakers, but also a particular spotlight that I'm putting on, on Max Christie. It's a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he and Jamie Sweet are doing each and every day at Lakerholics.com. He's working on articles as we speak. It is Laker Tom at Laker Tom on Twitter, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. Great to have you here. Already getting the people here on an early Sunday morning, just before football time, my friend. 
I wanted to go ahead and ask you, as we've seen this start of the road trip, uh, you know, be successful in Cleveland. A lot of that is due to the performance yesterday of Max Grisky, who had the best game by far of the season for him. And everybody was going head over heels for Max Christie in our audience and on playback. And that's all great and all, but it took 17 games for him to go ahead and have a breakout game. What can he do or what should the Lakers do to help him achieve that kind of success more often? Well, as long as we've got all of these injuries, he's going to get minutes to play. And that's the really big difference because I think we were all in agreement at the start of the season that, that Max is a great potential player down the road, but he's only 20 years old. And despite having, you know, showing really flashes in summer league and so forth, he started the season like a 20 year old kid and he was kind of inconsistent and, and just seemed out of place. And I think it was just a case of needing to go through the season, face a little disappointment, have to refocus this game, have to figure out exactly what's going down and basically have the game slow down for him. And I think it started to do that, you know, and I thought, I thought in the, the Max has actually had, Every time I go to do the plus minuses, I eliminate the guys who don't play many minutes, but I keep noticing that the last week or so, Max has been up there. He's, he's generally had a good plus minus even when he's coming in in garbage time, which is a good sign. Um, and he came through great. I've been one of his harshest critics, not because I don't like him, just because of his age. You know, I just, you just know how 20 years, 20 year old players are. So, but he has one thing that nobody else in the Lakers backcourt has which is athleticism. And he can really he can really fly and we saw some we saw some excellent plays on the defense. Um he did a good job uh, on Donovan. He, he was really very good. He's he's got great lateral movement and he's got good hops. He's an excellent rebounder. Um and we saw that, you know, he he can flash cut to the rim and dunk the ball over other people. Um, and we don't have many guys that can do that. You know, it's rare that you see you see Austin really dunk in a crowd. You know, most of his dunks or D'Lo's rare dunks are, are you know, usually a one guy all alone in the basket and so forth. So Max gives us a, 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 an athleticism that we're really lacking in the backcourt. It's a big problem of the backcourt. It's why, it's why the Lakers will probably consider trading for – Zach Levine, simply because they need athleticism in the backcourt. Um, we rank right now, I think, 15th in net rating, 9th in defense, and 24th in offense. Um, over the last nine games, when we were 7-2, and two, those numbers in Greeps improved dramatically. We're like 4th in defense and, and 11th in offense. Um, so... We need to get healthy, you know, and the best part is that LeBron and AD both seem to be playing well. Um, you can complain some nights about AD not being the best guy when teams double him, but he's starting to learn how to get out of that situation. The team's starting to make the adjustments that they need to make. Um, James is still shooting well, a um, little bit off on last game, but um, it's funny. I never saw him miss as many layups as I did in that game. And it was funny. They were all... They were all short as opposed to being 
you know, off of the rim too hard. But or... He didn't look tired, Tom. When he's done this before, he, it's usually because he's fatigued. Yeah. This time it was just short. It yeah, was just I don't know. Um, you never know. You, you have he had to... a lot of energy, and yeah. obviously being in Cleveland gives him a lot of that energy. Yep. Hey, that we've done well in the close games. You know, I have to give credit to the team because I think the record is something like five and two in games that are you know decided in the last minute of play or something like that. Um, but I still I still cringe at some of the shot selection that we took down. You know, man, I mean, I a five foot left handed hook by AD. You know that that's got to be our clutch shot. Man, I wish we'd get an easier shot than that. That was great that, that he made that shot and so forth, but that's a tough shot. And some of the shots that Braun makes, you know, were, you know, a one-footed fadeaway, you know, at the free throw line is probably an easy shot for him, I guess, you know. Um, but, it, you know, it's just so frustrating, too, to see AD. We gave up so many points. We lost it. We were behind eight points in fast break points. That offset our gain in and points in the paint. And all of those points came because AD goes down or, you know, trying to make a play at the other end. And he gets beaten down the court every single time by the opposing center. Um, and there's fast break opportunities over and over. And it's AD trailing because he's getting up off of the floor. Um, and part of that is that obviously he's our, not our, not only our last line of defense right now, he's practically our only defense, you know, because we don't have guys that are even stop them. And, and they're picking on, I mean, when you got Reeves and Delo and you're only got eight guys playing, they're going to be out there a lot. And, and man, they got picked on a lot. And it's, and it's not a good sight. You saw yesterday in Cleveland that uh, it was a layup drill. Yeah, there was so many points. I don't even want to look at the points in the paint because right. I know that there was just way too many for the Cleveland Cavaliers. It just seemed bad at times. And the Lakers, even with two seven footers out there in Wood and Hayes, just are not deterrent enough to for anybody to go no. ahead and feel like they're they're scared going ahead or heading. Well, to the it's you know, great offense beats good great defense. You know, we see that all the time. That's what the NBA is made of them. But here, here's the thing that I think is most important. We gave up 71 points in the first half. We gave up 44 points in the second half. We held them to 23 points and 21 points in the third and fourth quarters. Um, and that really is what won the game when you come down to it, because it was it was really an excellent show of playing defense by a team missing probably four of its best five or six defenders. So that's a big sign. The other thing is what we we started off the season thinking we had this really deep and diverse bench. Well, the problem is, is when you lose three or four people, regardless of where those three or four people come from, which positions they are, starters or, or reserves, um, defenders or scorers, you end up with gigantic holes in your in your roster that that you didn't plan on having like you don't have a point of attack defender at all because of Gabriel's Gabriel Gabe Vincent's out and, and Vanderbilt's out and, and Reddish is now out. So you've got all of these different things and yet the team still manages to come up with an excellent defensive performance in the third and fourth quarters. And a great part of that was 
guys stepping up like Christie. Christie playing like all of the Christie fanatics were hoping and thinking he was going to play at the start of the year when he was penciled in as part of the 10-man rotation, you know. Um, so that's a that's a great positive sign. And then the other one is Jackson Hayes. <laughs> he had the best plus minus on the team, and that, that streak of dunks that he made was really spectacular. I mean, that energized the team like nothing else. Um, and it was great to see him. I mean, there were at least three or four perfectly timed passes for him, all in a series of, you know, he scored like eight of those points just in a rapid-fire mode. Um, and again, here's a guy, just like Max Christie, who's sort of sitting in the, those bottom four slots that's out of the 10-man rotation. Um, I think there's a point in time when, you know, Max and – the thing that it does is when you start to have guys like him, like those two show up, all of a sudden your 12-man rotation becomes like a 13-man rotation, you know? Um, and then all of you're really not playing is Maxwell Lewis. And, you know, once everybody gets healthy, the only guys you're not going to be playing is Maxwell Lewis and, and Gino, the two rookies. Otherwise, you got – you're looking at, at you know, 12, 12 solid players that deserve time. So what do you do with them? Do you do you keep them and just say, okay, listen, this can happen. We can have injuries again, and this is our insurance for it. Or do you say, well, man, we could consolidate down to just the 10 who could play, trade these, trade, trade these, trade three guys for one star like Levine. Maybe you can get a bargain deal on Levine or something like that. So let me ask you this. Why do you have such a fascination for Levine? Oh, I don't have a fascination for Levine personally. I, I actually I actually think it's a really risky move and I wouldn't do it. It is. I'll just say that. The only thing I, the only thing I think I, I, I might be tempted to do it if it was the December 15th move and you were giving up Hood Shafino, uh, Vincent, um, D'Lo, and um, uh, Prince. Simply because I think that's a and the pick. I think that's a trade that's basically the pick because Hood Chafino is not going to play. Um, Prince is probably the guy out of the twelve that should be first removed from the rotation, you know. And then D'Lo, D'Lo is the problem because he is contributing a lot, and he and he he's a good enough point guard that it's very hard to find somebody better to replace him. Um, he's really the biggest cost of that whole thing. Um, so you know, if the if you could make that trade and keep Rui and keep Reeves and you know and keep Vanderbilt and and you still you still have a ten man rotation with with Zach Levine, and this team needs offense. You know, we don't need defense right now. We've 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 got. Uh, I disagree with you there. Well, really okay, disagree. listen, you can always we can always use another bruiser to throw against the. Uh, you need more interior defense, and also we need uh, uh, somebody out on the the exterior. Zach Levine does not guard a fly that's out there. Yeah, but uh, we've got you have already... we've got three. We have three or four guys now that actually can play defense on the perimeter when they're on the floor, but they haven't been on the floor. Sure, but you can't. You can't when your team is definitely going to be a top five defensive team once everything settles down. And you're probably a 15 to 18 offensive team. You need offensive help. That's the Lakers' problem. 
I've got many problems. Yeah. They have many problems. Well, I, I don't know if they got many problems. They're probably still the fifth best team in the league at this point in time, Gerald. They have many, many small problems or large problems, depending right. on how you most look of at which, it. Most of which can be fixed by just being healthy. A lot of it can be, yes, absolutely. But if you're, listen, if you're jinxed, if you're, there are seasons for every team and every sport where, man, the basketball or the baseball or the football gods just say, this ain't your year, buddy. And you're out, you know. Um, it'd be a shame for this to happen to the Lakers because this, I, I see, I look at this different. I think that this is one of those years that just could be so wacky that a 39 year old player could win MVP. Yeah. And I think that the Lakers, the Lakers aren't the best team right now, but I think that we could be the best team by the end of the year depending on what we do at the trade deadline, depending upon how guys develop, depending upon how our young players develop. Can Vanderbilt shoot? Can Reddish continue to do what he's doing? Can LeBron and AD stay healthy? You know, can Max really contribute? Can Jax really give you minutes like that? Can Wood come in and hit a couple of threes in a row and really spark the team and and be so selfless as he appears to be. I mean, I'm seeing him pass up shots to give teammates better shots. It's just really surprising, you know, how these guys have bought into Darvin Ham. He may not be the X and O's wizard that you'd like to see, but the players like him, you know. All players seem to like this guy. There's a lot of guys on this team that are probably on the team only because of Darvin Ham. So, you know, anybody who's played sports probably understands in the end that getting your guys to getting your guys to play hard is probably the single biggest trait that a coach can have, and the single biggest accomplishment you can do, despite all of the other tactical moves and so forth. Once again, it is Lakerholic Spotlight. The spotlight is still on Max Christie as part of Lakers Weekend. Thank you for joining us. It is Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. Go ahead and check out the great work that he does on a weekly basis, along with Jamie Sweet and his five things articles at Lakerholics.com. I want to ask you this, though, when it comes to Max Christie, I think that's the question I have, and I know but I was back and forth on Alan on that as far as his uh, Max Christie's reliability on that. Again, and I noted, first game, out of game 17 that he actually has a decent game. He's been absolutely horrible this season, especially from the outside. He is, uh, I went back and forth on Rodell about the possibility of him being a guy that can stretch the floor. And when you're only averaging 16% from behind the arc, that is not stretching the floor. But yesterday he did show that he can hit the shot. But the thing is, can he do it consistently? Yes, he went ahead and he played a very good defensive game against a guard in uh, Donovan Mitchell, who was just coming back off of injury and was going to be rusty. And you knew he was going to be rusty, but he still played solid defensively at times on him. Can he do that consistently? So I ask you, he is still slight a build. You said he's athletic, but he's still slight a build and can get muscled out of the way pretty easily at times. Your thoughts, though, my friend, on he, this is a kid that is 20 years old. He's got a lot to work on, a lot to improve, and a lot to build as far as his body is concerned. But there is hope. There is potential that he can go forward. But in a contract year, he doesn't have time to go ahead and wait on potential. 
I think that it's probably too much to expect him to be part of the regular rotation, but he's going to get an opportunity on this. Money-wise, it's going to cost him if he's not part of the rotation. Yeah, but I don't – if the Lakers make a trade, Max Christie is the type of sweetener that basically the Lakers are more willing to offer to try to – they're going to – I think they don't want to trade the first-round pick. I think they're going to do everything they can. I think they're going to still keep a deep roster. And I think what they're going to do, try to do is to improve the 12 players that they have to have, maybe have a little better fit. We need some playmaking. We need some point of attack defense. We need another big. So I think, I think that we're still going to stay with a deep roster thinking that, yeah, we're probably going to have guys that are not going to play well or guys that are going to get hurt. So let's go deep. And but we need to improve the 12 that we've got now with a couple of tweaks here and there in order to get another big and to get a little more defense, point of attack defense. And it would help it would help to get a shooter like Buddy Heald or something like that, you know, if you if you got an opportunity still and if trying. you can you um, <laughs> Yeah, listen. Yeah. We need we still need we still need shooting, you know. We still need shooting. You can you can tell when Wood makes those two threes, how oh, that turned things around, or Max hitting that three that that he hit. Um, it, it's no matter whether you're old school or new school, the three point shot is determining the game today. How you defend it and what you do to counter it, like the Lakers do with points in the paint and made free throws, is an important part of what your identity as a basketball team is and the kind of players that you have to get in order to play that kind of game. Um, last night, last night, even up, you know, nine, nine, they, we made nine threes, they made nine threes. So we didn't have to struggle for it. And it's a good thing that we didn't lose the three-point battle because we barely won by eight points the, the end of the points in the paint battle, and, and we actually lost the free throw battle by a couple of free throws. Um, so it's, you know, you can't win the same way every time just because of the matchups of the teams and so forth. Um, and generally, we're a, a bully ball physicality team that's, gun, that's going to play defense and is playing better defense. We're that four, number four defense in the last nine games. I think Max Christie will get minutes, but I think it's also possible that he might be traded. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. 
New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the dim. It go down. It go down in the dim. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like, it has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. I think a key is what happens tomorrow against Tyrese Maxey. With Tyrese Maxey, he is one of the most dynamic players yeah. right now in the NBA. Uh, and I think and Max, that... And Max is probably the best guy we've got to keep up with him. He we don't have anybody else be... to do that. Yeah, so he is going to be assigned to him. And how he fares against Maxey, I think, will determine a lot about me and also the coaching staff and also Laker fans about how we feel about mm-hmm. Max Christie going forward. And also here today, a good man indeed, rocking the hey. Lakers, fast, Lakers fast break hat, which you can now get. And also as well, the hoodie as well, of course, that you can go ahead and check it out today at the Lakers fast break merchandise store. The description of which is, of course, down below. But also as well, he is the man behind Magic Mind as far as the guy that's trying it out for us. He's had some great responses with it. And if you're interested, again, Go get a 15 or 30 bottle order and you just type in the code Lakers 20 and there it hits right there for you as far as a 20% discount. It is the magic man, Sean Grice, the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and talk to Laker Tom and I today. Magic man, uh, we were talking a little bit about Max Christie, uh, his importance to the team going forward or his importance to looking good for Laker Tom in a trade. Your thoughts on Max Christie, I mean, his future in the rotation, because with Cam Reddish and also as well, uh, Jared Vanderbilt expected to come back sooner and Rui Hashimura sooner rather than later. I think Max Christie's performance tomorrow is going to be a key for him going forward, staying anywhere near the rotation. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. I was reading uh, Kevin O'Connor's, uh, thoughts on Max Christie's uh, wing defense, and uh, he's been raving about him, thinks he should actually get more minutes. I have to th- see it to believe it on Monday, Gerald. Ma- Tyrese Maxey is probably the most improved player in the NBA, and Alperin Shingun is a close second, but Maxey is Agreed. slowly turning into one of the best two-way players we have in the NBA, although he did get in a little bit of foul trouble against the Thunder Gerald, so it's going to be a great litmus test for Max Christie because this is an opportunity for him to show that he is kind of a hybrid defender. He can not only guard wings, but he can trap, and in, uh, really, really bother guards. He really did, uh, I thought, a bang-up job when he was on Donovan Mitchell, pressing him 
uh, great point of attack. Maxi's a little bit of a different cat. He's, and I mean that literally. He's got cat-like quickness. It's it's very different than Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Donovan has a great jump shot and he could slide uh, all around the. Max is basically one step and go. So Tyrese Maxi is going to give us some problems, and it's going to take all five guys to to watch him, not just one, but Christie's. Defense is going to be very important. He's got to pick him up from 94 feet because one thing we know, Gerald, is that if if Maxi sees the light of day along the nail, he's going to go right to the bucket. One thing I do want to ask you guys, though, and I'll, Magic Man, I'll bring it back to you before I bring it back to Laker Tom, is I, I hear already that Max should stay in the lineup. Max should stay in the lineup. I'm not convinced. I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to be seeing how he fell off so far from what he was playing at in the summer league and that first exhibition game. One game does not a rotation player make, and he has to prove it to you. He has to prove it to me, but he also has to prove it to the coaching staff. Cam, it took eight games to get him going, but once he did, he was proven to be much better overall in the defensive end than anyone that was out there leading the league in, in the NBA, leading the entire league in steals for the month of November before he got hurt. Plus his size and versatility, he's a little bit bigger and he's a little bit more versatile than what you get from Max Christie. Mind you, they're both terrible shooting from the outside. Uh, Cam has now improved slightly to the point where he might be passable or acceptable outside. Vando, we have yet to see, and I know that as soon as he gets back into the limelight, especially with a four-year contract, they'll want to go ahead and push him out there as fast as possible. So Max's performance tomorrow, again, like uh, I have to stress it, Max's performance tomorrow is going to be key for his rotation play going forward, Magic Man. Uh, absolutely, Gerald. And I think there, I think there is actually uh, a a trickle down effect because to me it it's almost as if Vando affects Max Christie's minutes. He affects Christian Woods minutes because if Vando is in there, it allows, it allows a lot more um, experimentation and time because Max um, Anthony Davis, Jared Vanderbilt and Cam Radish have played zero minutes yet together. We need to see those three guys together on the floor with LeBron and AD. At least I do, because right now it's hard to make heads or tails of what kind of team we are. We're Gerald. We're like in the Bear Grylls part of the season, and it seems like this is happening earlier and earlier, where the Lakers have to deal with the Bear Grylls situation injuries all over the place rotation rotations are up and down uh you're not sure one day to the next if you're gonna if you're gonna have uh the offensive efficiency but somehow some way they're 10 and 7 figuring this out um it looks good to me i I, like i i understand a lot of the audience and uh, a lot of laker fans were kind of touting us as you know, overreactors and and chicken littles. But, you know, I I think a lot of the problems we talked about have been solved internally on their own. Um, We didn't need to tell them this. We're just pointing out what we see. And what most of the time what we see is observable for everybody else. It's just, you know, maybe 
maybe it's the fact that people are just they want to fit a square peg into a round hole and just trust all the moves that were made and by gum it's gonna happen come hell or high water and that's just not the case so i think when vando comes back you're right gerald they're gonna want to put him out there you're we invested a lot of money in you and we're going to see uh whether or not you're going to stay long or short term i will say this gerald um when vando does come back um if 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 he finds that he's got to um push himself into a role that's not his as if you know taking three pointers that's not his role uh if if you have anthony davis and christian wood out there you with jared vanderbilt's defense you can definitely play five out because vanderbilt can be your slasher or your cutter he doesn't necessarily have to be the shooter and i think that will open up more minutes for christian wood as well because i'm frustrated that although his defense, we talked about his defense, we know what it is. His offense, Gerald, is really good right now. He's in a rhythm shooting. And I just feel taking him off the floor, you know, just because you want to play that three-guard lineup is kind of cutting off your nose to spite your face in the end. Well, I got mad, like I said, in the first half, in a high-scoring first half where no one was playing defense, that you take out one of your best offensive tools in Christian Wood. I'm not talking about the second half where it became more of a defensive battle, but as a coach, you have to recognize exactly when somebody's had just hit two, three-pointers in a row, you might want to keep them out there. Plus, also as well, we talk about stretching out the floor. We talk about going ahead and, and, and getting the lane more open and things of that nature. And the Lakers don't have that opportunity very much with outside shooting. And once you have outside shooting and you take that away and you send it to the bench, I just thought that was an ill-timed move in the first half. I'm not talking about the second half, but because by then you had already thrown off his rhythm. Christian Wood was absolutely useless the rest of the game because of what what, uh, Ham did. So I ask you, Laker Tom, and... I don't know if you said some good things about Ham's coaching earlier in the show. I know Blue Magic was uh, wondering if you pointed that out, but just some things we're still seeing from Darvin Ham. We're not liking 100%. He's still taking his timeouts home with them, which is still irritating to me. I understand that the Lakers still continuously find ways in the fourth quarter to go ahead and pull some of these game out, but sometimes they just give up those quick, bursts like those 11-2 runs, 10-2 runs, uh, you know, just in a matter of less than two minutes that just, especially in the fourth quarter, that's really killer. They almost lost yesterday after that terrible, terrible, uh, you know, call by the refs as far as saying that LeBron was not fouled and they just literally gave up an eight-point lead. Ham has got to manage his timeouts and, and just basically be more effective coaching going forward. I know everybody makes a big deal about that, and and in general, I I tend to I tend to not blame him for any of those situations. I mean, I'm I would have called timeout as a you're coach. a very nice person. You know, I would have called timeout uh, in at the end of that of the game just simply because I knew everybody was tired as hell. And when I saw LeBron pass the ball to Reeves and Reeves pass it back to him, I would have called timeout right then simply because Reeves was denying the opportunity and LeBron was trying to give him the ball to say, come on, man, I need somebody to take over here. Um, I, I, again, it's coaching is coaching in the NBA is almost the same as coaching everywhere else. 
except that your players are the best in the world. The very best in the world. And so what drives everything is the relationship between the players. So I'm, I think that the assistant coaches and so forth and the Lakers are one type of coaching staff. The coaching staff that's based developed players. That's the whole purpose. That's every single guy on that coaching staff came from a job where his primary responsibility was player development. And we've seen that work. Why do you think that Christian Wood is playing as well as he is, that Jackson Hayes is playing as well as he is, that Rui Hachimura is playing as well as he is, that we're seven and two despite all of those injuries? No, let's just rip the coach apart. Let's just blame everything on him. I think that's silly. It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense at all. Oh, I'm not blaming everything on him. Yes, the coach is human. He makes mistakes. I would do lots of things different. But in the end, it's how much that how hard those players will play for that coach and how much they care. And I have seen that team. I haven't seen that team quit yet. Not when they're 20 points down entering the fourth quarter. They didn't quit. They may get beaten because they're bushed or because they make dumb plays or because LeBron will make the right play. But they're they're not they're not quitting on the coach. There's no there's no quit on that coach. And he's anybody who thinks that his job is in jeopardy is crazy. The ownership and the front office love the guy, and the roster was built partly because of him working with Rob Palinka. So I haven't been, I only participate in the Saturday Lakerholics things, Gerald. So I haven't seen the other discussions and, and so forth, but. I know the people involved and I just know that, you know, that there's, that there's a lot of criticism. It's going to be a lot more glass half empty than glass half full. Um, and I just remind people to just remember where we were last year. Half All half. I say with ham, but I'm not talking about ham being fired. I understand that most of our audience wants ham to be fired. What's going to change? What's going to change by all of our talking? Nothing's going to change. They don't. First of all, there's no real replacement or hot coach out there that would go ahead and come in and and take advantage of it. Second of all, the Lakers do not want to to finish out Ham's contract this early. He still has got two, you know, two years beyond this. So there's no way they want to go ahead and continue to pay on it. I, I'm just saying that there's a lot so of you're one of those who so you're one of those who don't give him the credit for taking the team to the conference finals. I didn't say that. Don't put words mm-hmm. into my mouth. Well, I, that. I said, wait, wait, I said, wait a minute. I said, I said team, on the show the team from a two and 10 start to the well, conference you, final. You said you don't watch the show unless you're on it because you're on it. I have said on the show that he does get credit after the Minnesota game late in the season where he changed his coaching style to more accentuate the players on his roster. That was when it clicked for him and allowed him to, to do a better job in the coaching standpoint. Up until then, he had done a... He did the same thing with Reeves. He did the same thing with Reeves and Reddish this year. The same exact, totally season-changing roster change that dramatically changed the whole lookout for the Lakers going forward that actually is holding a placeholder, treating Prince as a placeholder for Vando, and they're going to go big and defensive. I think that's a move that's changed. What other move do you think 
is why the team is seven and two in the last nine games. Why I think a lot of that has to do with that? LeBron James. Uh, LeBron oh. James has a lot to do with it. No, nothing. Okay. Ham again. He has a lot of pour the water out of the glass, Gerald. <laughs> you know, if you do not, if you support Ham, you're more than titled to it. But you know, there's some things with Ham that they're just absolutely irritating. Well, let, let's you maybe you you do you think the front office has any doubts that he's the coach of this team? Well, not for another two years at least, because that's how many years he has. The front office is the front office is thrilled with the job he's doing. I'll bet you anything on it. Again, they have to be because they've already paid him on a four-year contract. But Magic, go ahead, Magic Man. Yeah, and also, Gerald, I believe Rob Palinka has an extension that goes beyond even Darvin Ham. So yeah, that's thrilling. We we used no, they to actually, think they actually they, match up. They actually match up, Sean. They do. Oh, they do. Okay, they I thought do. Rob signed a bit a bit more of an extension. Oh, I'm he, sure they will. The, the, the reason they gave him that time, extension yeah. was to match it up with Ham. That's good. That's a. That, if they did that, then that's a that's smart reasoning yeah. because they should be not tethered. They should be. Well, they welded. are. They are tethered, and they should be welded. They should be welded together because yeah. if one goes, the other should go. I Definitely. didn't think it was. We're not trying to rehash old. Yeah, nobody wants. Nobody wants. Like no GM wants the old no, coach. It's not the repeat of you leave Frank Vogel hanging in the wind there. Oh yeah. The, uh, Gerald, this time it's different. If the, if they're if if that's correct, and I believe I, I believe Tom, then then they're they're welded together, whether whether Palinka wants it to be that way or not. And, so and I, I didn't and I and I don't believe either is going anywhere anytime soon. I've never no, said that. No, I know our fan base wants him to be gone like yesterday, <laughs> but the reality is the Lakers will not pay the kind of money to, you know, even if he does a substandard job for him to be out, at least they're going to at least give him another full season, if not two on top of that before they would even consider it. But he just has some coaching habits, which Joe, which myself and which magic man continuously and Laker Tom, you're shaking your head back and forth. There are continual coaching habits that he makes that he is not learning from that are absolutely bad for the Lakers, especially in crunch time. The fact he's not calling, especially when you have a 38 or going on 39, you roll player. You need to let all those timeouts go out there. You need to give him as much rest as possible. And the fact that he is it, that's the first thing I would point out outside. You could talk about rotation. Every, every, Fan well, base let's always about, let's talk about time. Well, let me finish. Let me okay. finish. I let yeah. you finish. Let me finish. Every NBA fan base complains about a coach's rotation. There is no fan base on the planet that doesn't complain about a coach's rotation. It's always bad, in our opinion. So I'm not even going. Well, not bad, but sometimes wrong. Uh, it's it, it it bad. You go to the you go to the Celtics. You go to the Clippers. You go to the Pacers. Whatever. They all complain about the rotation for their coach. You know, there's always some segment there complain. The thing is, we see here at the Lakers fast break certain dynamics of his coaching that he has not learned from yet that we feel he needs to. Whether or not he's trying to emulate things that Phil Jackson created out there as far as the way he ma manipulated the game, okay, but we just don't see it yet. We still think it's a sign of inexperience and indecision on his part in most cases that we think needs to be corrected. Now, will he correct it? 
He did make some corrections late in the season last year that allowed the Lakers a great opportunity to go ahead in the playoffs and go forward. Well, hopefully he'll do that again. But then again, we're, we're, we're counting on the same thing where we're, we're, you know, history repeating itself, him finally learning how to coach a little better. Rob Palenka coming up with a magical trade or two. It just seems like a repeat of this all over again that we're counting on in order for us to go ahead. Well, and that's go the only way you're going to win in the NBA. You've got to get better. Teams what about the teams better. that are better right off the bat? What about the teams like the Denver Nuggets? Denver Nuggets last year. Because Alec, like our development. They were pretty good yeah, all year long. Yeah, our our develop some of our some of the moves that our development staff make are fantastic. And then you question why the front office doesn't see it in sure. a similar vein. It's like it's almost as if uh a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush for our scouting department, developmental people, Gerald. But you know, Palinka willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater sometimes because doesn't think Caruso's worth the money he is would rather pay. Maybe, maybe if the ownership doesn't is the right. ownership. Fair enough, Tom. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's true. I mean, as well. Magic Matt, you gave coach ham the term pockets, which was now been emulated by everyone here. Joe gave him pockets. It oh, was Joe me. gave him pockets. Yeah, okay. Joe, so, uh, Joe I will mine. give you credit. He gave pockets. We call him pockets for a reason. He's just, you know, he lets the game. He's like, like Jason Kidd talked about how he's just a fan watching the game. It just seems like Pockets, aka Coach Ham, is just a fan, oftentimes just watching the game and not coaching, actually coaching the basketball team, which is absolutely irritating to all of us here when we the watch. Difference, the difference is, uh, I can see the difference easier than other people can, simply because I've done coaching, and. Let me tell you, Laker Tom, the coach, is totally different than Laker Tom, who is willing to trade people and and move and change lineups. Left. Do you think right. he's a good X and O's? No, uh, because I think that you're, you know here's the point that I want to make. A lot of why players play for a certain coach is the coach standing up for them and the coach backing them and the coach believing in them, and that trust that you develop with that player can be a make or break situation for how that player plays during the season. I've, I've had assistant coaches screaming at me to pull a guy from the game, but I wanted to give the guy confidence. I wanted to build that up and I knew that that would pay off later. Now, sometimes that works and sometimes it totally fails. Okay. But when you got to separate it out as a fan looking at the game to understand that coaches have to be patient. It's 82 games. You're living with those guys on the road. You're living with them for four months. Everything you say is going to hit their psyche, hit their ego. You have to, and every single player has to be treated differently while being still fair so that the team doesn't fall out of line. So you, anybody, you guys know, for example, the job that Phil Jackson did in getting Kobe and getting Michael to play the kind of basketball that you needed to win. It's relationships between the players that is so much more important that it just drives me crazy when the fans let the minutia about who should have called timeout or I wish he hadn't, he didn't use that timeout or he should have used that challenge then, or he should have subbed this guy in or he should not have put that guy in or why don't he 
put three guards in, for Christ's sakes. I'm always arguing, where does he start Christian Wood? Give him a chance. You know, I'd even start Jackson Hayes because I want to go big. But the whole point is, is that this coach has to deal with those 12 players. Get them so that when they really go in on the crunch and they have to win games and they have to trust each other and they have to trust their coach, they go out there and they make a run like they did to the Western Conference Finals last year. And all of that comes from the rapport that the coach developed and built play-by-play, practice-by-practice, game-by-game with every one of those players, sometimes keeping them. I mean, look at how guys, Max didn't get discouraged. Max got pushed out of the rotation completely. The injuries happened. He got his chance and he came in and he did the same thing that Lonnie Walker did. The same thing that that every guy that we seem to pick up that supposedly had a problem with the previous teams he was at doesn't have that problem anymore when he joins the Lakers. That says mountains to me compared to the molehills about all of the other little minutiae that, that fans let themselves get carried away from. And if they were to put themselves in the coach's shoes, they would understand that you can't make those dramatic quick moves of left and right and and in one game and you're out and one game you're in type of stuff. You can't do that and really have a team trust you. Not through 82 or 120 games that you end up playing when you go into the playoffs. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. The National Women's Soccer League kicks off March 16th on ION. It's a new Saturday night destination featuring the best players in the world. 25 Saturday nights, 50 matches, all season long on ION. Alan Gretchen Williams slips through. Here's a shot, and it's in! This is a game changer for sports. Sabina takes a shot herself. Hammers it home! Oh my goodness! See the full schedule and find where to watch at IONNWSL.com. Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. It is Lakerholics Spotlight, part of Lakers Weekend. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget Magic Man, uh, excuse me, Magic Mind. There's Magic Man up there, but MagicMind.com. Gerald, you should be taking it. No. Tom, you, I think you should be taking it to better actually, understand. Yeah, I, better actually, I probably, I probably should be the test case for it. You should be the test case for it. Well, you could get the code. Can I get through the entire podcast and without forgetting a player's name? That might be tough. Okay. Well, you need some so you can take a better focus on what Coach Ham is doing. Oh, yeah. And uh, absolutely, Magic Mind. I already know Coach Ham is doing a terrific job. So, and then if you, well, if you get a 15 or 30 bottle order today, just type in the code Lakers20 to get 20% off your order. But Magic Man. Getting back to you, the guy who actually has used Magic Mind, who is sharp enough to know what Darvin Ham, a.k.a. Pockets, is really up to. 
Want to hear your thoughts, though, on this road trip starting tomorrow in Philadelphia. Obviously, you know, it's going to be a tough matchup for AD playing against Joel Embiid and for most likely Max Christie, unless Cam Reddish is put back into the lineup mm-hmm. against Tyrese Maxey. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out pretty soon. Um, no, Gerald, I, if, Reddish, if Reddish is good to go, he's obviously going to play, but if, if, they're, if he goes through warm-ups and not feeling it. I, I really think it's a good litmus test for Max Christie. I, I, I know a lot of Laker fans might not like the end result of that experiment, uh, but I want to see uh, steel on steel here because if Max Christie is going to take the next level, you got to you gotta match uh, steel for steel, right, Gerald? Absolutely. So. So Maxie's a test for him. And I will say, Gerald, we've talked about some of the Laker players maybe not reading their scouting reports or maybe just kind of skimming them over. It actually looked like Max Christie read his scouting report on the Cleveland Cavaliers, Gerald, because he did a pretty top-notch job uh, on Donovan Mitchell. And Darius, by the way, we didn't talk about it. Darius Garland disappeared last night. Yes. Well, he actually left in that second he half. He did. He did. Yeah. He hit his head. He he yeah. left. He 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 wasn't uh, he wasn't himself. But uh, for maybe the, a concussion protocol. Yeah, I think it was concussion protocol. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, only played fourteen minutes. But uh, but that being said, Christie read that his report. Porter Junior guy killed like, us though. Yeah, he did. He did. He loved. Well, I mean, he loved Austin Reeves. I mean, the, he was looking for Austin. Who doesn't Reeves. when they're out there on the floor? <laughs> I think Tom could take Austin Reeves. Hey, off listen, the dribble. Last night it seemed like every single play was defended by Austin Reeves or Rui or uh, or Delo. I mean, over and over, I was like, oh, "Come on, that's, that's a design play. That's coaching, Tom. That's if you're coaching, yeah, you right. know how bad those two are on the defense. You send it their way every single time. Well, it's it's no. It's, listen, I think the smartest move that that they the Lakers have made is they've committed now. At least I believe they've committed that they're going to start Reddish and Benu together. I mean, what that does is really pretty miraculous for the lineup if they can pull it off. I mean, they're going to be pressure on those guys to shoot, but the other side of it is they're going to have size, positional size advantage inside at both of those positions, at shooting guard and small forward. And, and this is the most important thing that I think everybody should recognize – the Lakers can put those two guys on any backcourt and then start LeBron James at, at point guard because he's he can then guard the third best scorer. Or the fourth best. Or the fourth like, best scorer because yeah, you've like got two guys to cover the guys yeah. that have to get covered, the point guard and the shooting guard on the other team. You can put, you can put Reddish and Vando on those guys and really slow them down. And LeBron, I don't care who you have have him guard, He'll kill him at the other end. You know what I love, Tom, is that um, I, I'm 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 sinking my teeth in, man. I really want to see Vando Reddish and AD in the same lineup. Well, Red, Reddish Vando with uh, with those guys because if you if Max Christie continues his improved play, Tom, you've got three guys there that you can switch on the wings or guards. 
And as uh, again, said, although I have my doubts on Christie, one game. Is I, not yeah, I, I, I understand. I understand. This year, what he could be this year, he could be our version this year of Lonnie Walker. He has the ability to get three level scoring because you saw him throw those two dunks down. He had a good mid range shot and he gets it to three and he can come in. He's not going to get regular minutes, but in a game where there's a lot of foul trouble or something like that, he could come in and pop a game like 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 Lonnie. He has did. to shoot better than twenty five percent. And, and, and he will. He will, Gerald. It's really and, it's really hard when you're honestly out Gerald, of the rotation. Go, go ahead, ahead, Magic Man. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead, with the with the we had the so our Oompa Loompa guards last year with uh, Pat Beverly and Dennis Schroeder, uh, Gerald. It was it was mind numbing to watch them try and either switch and recover or switch and scramble. It was bad. Like at least in this instance, Christie either if he loses his man, he's willing to recover on somebody else. That's that's what I'm seeing a lot as well. He's not dumb. Max Christie those long arms a, though that can yeah. get the ball from behind that he's not he's not me. dumb. This is this is this isn't an IQ issue with Max Gerald. This is a focus and concentration issue. Um and I think it's there. He had it yesterday. It's just it's just putting games together and stacking good performances. That's what Austin Reeves did last year, Gerald. Each game he came off the bench, he got better. And then eventually the trade happened and he was inserted in the starting lineup. I just I just think Christie needs to just put his head down, just continue to doing what he's doing, play his game, not try and overthink things. He wasn't overthinking his his defense yesterday. He's playing he basic patient. game. He needs to be yeah. because he's his opportunities are still going to be sporadic, but he's but he's going to be needed. It looks like the game is slowing down for him, and it does. I, I know. It does. Yeah. That's hopefully that what will continue to be the case. But tomorrow, his matchup against Tyrese Maxey will be. I'm key. hoping we're ready. I'm hoping Cam will be ready to play. I uh, hope he will too, but Max Christie is going to get a lot of minutes against Tyrese Maxey. And it, again, a key to his future in the rotation will primarily come from what happens tomorrow, I think. Uh, and I think a lot of eyes will be on him, whether or not he can produce on both ends, but we'll see. Once again, it is Lakers weekend. It is the Lakerholic Spotlight. Truly appreciate you joining us. Uh, Want to make sure everybody knows out there, it is Lakerholics.com. Please go ahead and check out all the great articles that Jamie Sweet with his five things articles. Hopefully he needs to do a five things article on his camping trips. I think that's what he needs to do in one of these days, but also as well, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Laker Tom, before we head on out, Magic, Ma Magic Man and I are curious about what you're up to at Lakerholics.com. What crazy trades do you have proposed for us this time that Darren, who's in the chat as a, as I don't want to say he's a fan of yours, but he's a, let's just say he observes quite a bit what Tom does, Magic Man, and everybody else out there. What's up with Laker Tom in, in regards to at LakerHolics.com? I'm actually uh, in the middle of finishing an article that uh, ranks the four different trade deadline strategies that the Lakers should consider. Um, the first one being keeping the existing team and not doing anything other than adding a 15th player. Um, the second one being shoot everything and go for a third superstar. 
the third one being um, tweak the 12-man roster that you have to fill some of the holes better than they're filled now, but still stay nice and deep like that. And the fourth one being consolidation trade, realizing that you're only really going to play, you only got minutes to play 10 guys. So let's make a trade, a three-for-one trade that will bring in a an offensive player like Zach Levine, who's not really a superstar, but who will maybe balance the team offensively and defensively. So sort of a, it's a ranking of those four things. And uh, when the article gets published, you can see where Laker Tom ranked them. And you can always go for crazy trades at Laker Tom on Twitter as well, because he loves the responses back that you guys and gals give him out there each and every time at Laker Tom on Twitter. Yes, matching man. Yeah, Gerald. Uh, just I go there for the comedy personally. So there you go. Just, just, just a quick update on Gabe Vincent. Um, what we said on Lakers fast break last week um, turned out to be true yet again, Gerald. Um, as it stands right now, uh, Gabe Vincent had platelet-rich plasma therapy procedure on his knee effusion. And Gerald, that can be an uh, invasive procedure. Um, Kobe had it done. I believe Joel Embiid's had it done. Um, so we're going to have to wait and see how it works. Hopefully, he, might get traded. he might get traded before he plays. He won't be traded. His contract is three years. I don't think hopefully, anybody like will the, take a, a bad honest, knee guy for three years. Honestly, though, the, I, I've seen uh, I've seen people who, who either get, get that plasma therapy done, Gerald. I'm not sure if you've ever had experience with it, but uh, – they feel like a million bucks shortly afterwards. And, and hopefully that's the case. And he responds well to the therapy. I'm still thinking it's he's going to be out mid-December at, you, mid-December at the earliest for me. I just, I just, unless I see otherwise, which I will report on here at the Lakers fast break, and I'm hoping I'm wrong. It just does not sound good for Gabe Vincent right now. But Vando is expected to come back any game. Uh, Dante is already predicting this week and hopefully I will. Uh, see that uh, Vincent. See that. Thank you so much, Vincent. Truly appreciate the kind super chat. I feel like you don't take a break. I, it's 3 a.m. in the Philippines and I'm glad you're on. Uh, well, Salamat. I truly appreciate you and your kindness with the super chat. It is very much welcome and truly appreciate it. Giving us the big super chat from Vincent. Uh, we're just trying to be here every day. We're trying to commit to every day providing you some type of content here at the Lakers fast break truly cannot thank you enough for supporting us because you out there are supporting us. Cannot thank you enough, but magic man, I want to hear some final thoughts from you and then I'll go back to Laker Tom before we head on out. We can all just talk about, you know, picking teasing Jamie or I don't want to tease Joe because I did that last night. So, and he's here this morning because so, and he's actually saying some good things. I'll give Joe a lot of credit for this morning. He's actually saying some pretty sound sound things. He's saying that we need to come back four and zero to take them seriously. I'm not. I'm not disputing that at all. No, no, no dispute here. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts, my friend, on this road trip before we head on out? Yeah, um, Monday's going to be tough, Gerald. It's going to be real tough. Um, let's see. Philly has not uh, Philly has not been uh, 
a friendly confine for the Lakers as a road team. If you get off to a rocky start in the first quarter, this isn't the Cavs. This isn't um, the Mavericks, Gerald. The Sixers are a well-coached team. Um, I would say this. Our starting five should outrun their starting five. And I say that with all due respect to Tyrese Maxey. It's just with with uh, Melton and Rocco and Tobias Harris and Embiid, you're really slow, Gerald. You are very slow. So one thing we have on our side is quickness. So if they could get the jump and get a few easy points in transition, I think that'll help stem any kind of run Philly makes in the opening quarter. Again, it kind of comes down to the first quarter with us. If we're if we're within within 10, I feel pretty good about it. If it's 10 or more, I get really are you saying nervous. we have a handicap? Yeah, we we kind of do. We have a handicap. Yeah, but I I mean we're not we're slowly getting out of the doldrums of being the worst fourth first quarter team in NBA history. It's That's getting there. because the number of games is increasing. It's getting there, like the three point shooting last year. It's getting. Yeah. There. We're only down four. Yeah, first yeah. We, yeah. it just proves we can't be that that inconsistent consistently. No, I mean, I, look, look, 10 and 7 after 17 games with all the rigmarole going on, the injuries and that, we've pretty much survived so far the Bear Grylls segment of the season. Let's just And we haven't quit. We haven't quit in any game at 12. Maybe and I will say this, Gerald, I think uh, I think you and Tom uh, had a good point there when you say, you know, I, he needs to play well, but this is basically, it's kind of like a weak uh, rehearsal for Max Christie. Right to uh, prove that you belong on the court with uh, with the big boys. Because, yeah. again, if he continually proves that he can he can take a guard or can take a, a, a good uh, – Yeah, we'll play the least, the least of a wing on another team, Gerald. Yeah. You could play those three guys together yeah. with LeBron and AD. And all of a sudden, like Tom's saying, instead of LeBron playing high leverage minutes, he's playing his game, easy going. He's a de facto point guard on offense. He guards a power forward or the weakest perimeter scorer on the other team. And it's the best of both worlds. It, it, yep. We're hoping that's the case, but you know, hope. That's what that that's and, the uh, door that that's the door that Vando and Reddish starting opens up for us. Yeah, they could I agree, Tom. I mean, it really can, it, it says it says that LeBron can we can it's just it's just an amazing thing if we could pull us off. And it all out of it depends, you know. You look at a guy like Max Christie, whom we've talked a lot about tonight. Max has to have watched Cam Reddish, and he had to be sitting there thinking, "Man, that could have been me. That was my spot, the backup spot that they that Reddish they gave to Reddish, and he then took the starting spot. That could have been me." And I bet he went out there last night, Saturday night, with that same attitude, you know, that, God dang it, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to show that I can make that leap. I can make that leap. I can play that two-way ball. And and if this was what, what Coach Ham wants in order to give me rotation minutes, then I'm going to deliver tonight. Um, and if I hope he comes out with that attitude tomorrow. And and Gerald, I know we've I know we've been we've kind of been 
Tom brought up a great point. I'm glad you finished, Tom. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I just wanted to say, Gerald, we talked a lot about him asking players to play a specific role for him. Normally, if you do that, he rewards you with more playing time. And it appears Jackson Hayes is doing that, Gerald. So if Jackson Hayes is playing the role that Ham wants him to play, as much as some of us may want to see more of Christian Wood, he's going to play Jackson Hayes because he believes he's playing his role better than Wood is. We have a final question here from Darren. Truly appreciate, Darren, all your kindness over the past few months in regards to the Super Chats. And here's another great Super Chat here. Tom with the Joker and beat AD cat and Wimbyama and Holmgren coming in and Jonas and Giannis, of course, as well. This might be the age of the bigs again, your thoughts before we head on out, Tom and yours as well. Magic man. I, I think that's a great point, Darren, simply because absolutely, you know, and it's not, it's not, it's not the bigs again. It's a different kind of big. Now it's a whole bunch of guys who are athletic and, you know, they can spread the floor. They can stretch the floor. They can dunk. They can play defense. They can play offense. They can drive. They can block shots at the perimeter. They can block shots at the rim. Um, I think what's going to happen is, and I think this is part of what the Lakers' long-term strategy is. The old school strategy was surround around with shooters. That's it. You got the game one. Well, what happens when the other team has five, six, eight to six, 10 guys. And on defense, all of a sudden, the floor shrinks dramatically. You, it, that's hard to counter. You you either counter with with speed like like Darren Fox, you know, where you can't, just can't stop the guy. You give him, a, give him a pick at half court and he's flying to the basket. Or you do the same thing. You go big. The Lakers have committed to going six, eight at shooting guard. They bring Bando in at small forward. You're going 6'9 at small forward. Everybody knows there's a pressure at some point that they want to go big at center and put two bigs in there. They play well with two bigs. And Hayes and Wood both are contributing. Um, so yeah, the Lakers, I think the whole tendency is that the Lakers want to do this. They want to play. They want this. They envision being the team that puts five, six, eight guys out there on the court who are can switchable and, and they have the players to do that. Um, they may not go all the way there, but I bet you that we'll see lineups like that. I think we'll see them it may not be our starting lineup or our depth lineup of close, but we're going to see versions of that because size, length, and athleticism are what we're countering against everything else in the league. And, and, the rise that we've, I mean, look at, without our best three defensive players, we've moved, we're fourth in defense the last nine games. Fourth. Without those guys. This team is, nobody, we, the guy, the one thing I will give the, the don't do anything people, we really haven't seen this team yet. Uh, Gerald? Matt, any thoughts on uh, Darren's th uh, question before we head on out? Oh, what did you have? I'm sorry. My yeah, no, I was, um, I, I, two, actually. I'll answer Darren's question because thank you very much, Darren. Always appreciate it. Love you, brother. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with Tom. It's, it's kind of, it's a different era of bigs. It's, it's, we went through that, uh, that long, long list from about 80 
84 to uh, 95, Gerald, until AI was selected number one. It was usually a big man. Um, and like Darren was saying, it's it's kind of di- different, different, different cats right now, different twin towers. Um, Chet is different to me than the rest of those guys, and I include Wemby in that as well. I see a bulldog, like a bulldog, like he came from Gonzaga, so I'm just using I see a bulldog in him, Gerald. He's got a lot of dog in him, which it bothered me during the, the, the game between the Spurs and Thunder that Pop and Dagnall did not allow either one to check one another, which is what we all want to see. And that's Pop being uh, the curmudgeon that he is. Uh, love, I love his, I love his approach to the game. I don't love his approach to fans. <laughs> With that being said, I think you know Wem- Wemby is Wemby is the guy, Gerald. But he needs more intensity. I, I need to see more intensity out of him. I think that's the only thing missing out of his game. Um, you know, I, obviously he's learning, Gerald, right? He's a first-round pick. You could see a lot of people are banging him, trying trying to poke the bear, see how much physicality they can get away with. And, and Gerald, the refs are having a really hard time officiating Wemby as well because they're not sure how much contact he can take and how to call it. it it's, it's, it's strange, right? It's almost like trying to... Uh, trying to um, uh, use a strike zone with Babe Ruth or, or Cecil Fielder, like these big fat men who, you know, it's very small, but it's just, it changes the way you, you change a game. I mean, Tom could speak to this. I mean, that happened with Wilt. That happened with Shaq. I agree. Imagine a league where every team has a couple of those guys. (laughs) And I will say this. It's It's a different game. It's as different from today's game as the men's game is from the women's game. That's uh, what we're going to see. Mark my word. That's what we're going to see. They'll look back. They'll look back like this was Bob Cousy's days when they look back at the league 20 years from now. They look back at the 2020 teams and 21, 22 teams. They'll they'll look at us like Bob Cousy's. Look at all the small guys that were in the league back then, man. Look at these midgets running around on the court. There'll be nobody. There'll be nobody under six eight, man. Imagine <laughs> like the point guards that are that are like Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> I did. I did, Gerald. Um, you know, unfortunately, the NBA disbanded uh, an award called the Comeback Player of the Year. They have the most improved player. Hmm. Reddish wouldn't win that award. But he will get votes. And for me, if there was a comeback player of the year so far, Gerald, he's the front runner right now. Well, I remember I've told you the story again back in December of last year. We already started hearing on Twitter and also on this channel in our comments about, oh, let's get reddish, let's get reddish, let's get reddish. And all because all they saw were fascinated by his dunks on Twitter. And, you know, his numbers didn't pop out at you. His defensive rating didn't pop out. Nothing popped out at you. And he just seemed like a guy that was just like getting to closer and closer to the end of his NBA career because he was being discarded by one team after another, after another. Well, he has found a home 
and we have found ways to go ahead and utilize them. And I will give Ham credit on one thing, is finding the ability to go ahead and utilize him in some sort of fashion. Still, the fact you draw up a play for him as a 15% three-point shooter at the time in Miami is absolutely a boneheaded coaching move and will continue to be such. And I'll go ahead and I'll drop that. And you're shaking your head because, you know, at the time you were even pissed off. I could imagine as well, Laker Tom, on that. I wasn't but pissed off about that. You weren't pissed off to give a 15% shooter a drop of play. No, I for wasn't. Him. No, I wasn't. You would. That was the right play to make. He, he, listen, they when you're shooting 15%, my eyes you're never, out of my head. You're, you're never the right, right shooter. <laughs> yeah. No. When you're only down one. Yet. When you're only down one. Yeah, you don't need a three. You don't need a three. So I'll just leave it at that. No. Listen, Braun made the right move. He drove. He wouldn't didn't have a layup at that shot. But you know, you Just know what, Gerald? Uh, Cam could have just again, cut to the basket. He would have had kinda, an easy it's layup. It's kind of a, a different, a different iteration, a different staff, a different front office. Yeah. But they they identify. But Gerald, they identified a player who they thought if they brought in into their system could flourish. And he and it looks like he has with his. I mean, hey, his Tre- Tre- Trevor Trevor Ariza was discarded by both the New York Knicks and Orlando Magic before yes. he found a home with the Lakers. So, yep. I, I, kudos to Cam Reddish. Everybody was ready to write Tam, Cam's epitaph and and pour the dirt on his NBA grave, and he just woke. He just got up from that uh, that nap, Gerald. But he said that that moment set him up, though. Think about that. Think about that missed shot and then coming back the next game with that same play. Not being discouraged. And yes. not being discouraged. The faith that the team had him, the faith that LeBron had in him. So you're saying the loss was good. I just want to hear that. The Lakers losing was good. You know what, Gerald? I, one I of the things that I've question. learned in life, and this is an important lesson for everybody. Way to answer the question with a non-question. No, Go let ahead. me answer the question with this because this is really important. Sometimes the worst days of your life, when bad things happen to you, 20 years later, you might look back and say, that was the best thing that happened to me. And it's that ability to have a challenge, to, to do something about that challenge, to understand that, there are a million paths everybody can take every day of the year. And just because the path you took had something bad happen doesn't mean that something even greater is waiting for you down the road. It's all of what you make about it. it all, you know, it's about being positive of very things. That play by Cam missing that shot probably set up the support that he got from his teammates, the added confidence that he got from that. And it could have been a major contributor to the success that he had. But that is, in two words, player development. That's what Ham does. That's why Ham is the coach of the Lakers. That's why the Lakers are winning. That's why the Lakers will win. But if the Lakers miss out on a spot by one game, we'll go ahead and make sure that we'll just note that teaching tool for you costs us the Lakers game. But Magic Man... You build during the season so you can win those games in the playoffs. I'm just saying, if the Lakers have a difference in slots as far as in the Western Conference standings, I, 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 game, I will point out that game. 
I will point out that teaching tool that you're talking about right there. That player development tool right there that cost the Lakers a game. Magic Man, any thoughts before we head on out, my friend? I'm good. I'm good, Gerald. Okay. I think I'm good, too. Uh, Laker Tom, absolutely uh, great to have you back on our discussion. Well, I had to argue with you because Jamie's That's not fine. here. That's fine. Gerald Jamie's not just... here. I got Somebody else has got to do it. So, No, I, I my, my whole point is that they're obviously uh, – I coach every game, and, and basically I make a lot of decisions that, that Ham would not have made, you know. But to be honest – I watch the game as a fan, not as a coach. So most of my complaints are probably the similar as your complaints and, and Joe's complaints and, and such. Um, but the other side of it is that all of us have to realize that we don't have the one-on-one -on -one relationships with those players that the coach has. And that definitely is an important factor that, that is included in every decision that a coach makes to the team. We don't know exactly what motivates each of these guys to do their best. And, and, that's the magic of coaching, really. That's that's why, that's why you know, Bill Jackson was such a great coach. We'll see what happens though for the rest of this uh, road trip. It starts tomorrow. Uh, What's your prediction for the road trip? Let's end that. Let's end with a prediction. Well, again, I I'm with Joe. I'll take this team seriously as a major contender in the Western Conference if they go four and zero. So we'll go. They have to go four and zero to do that. So you got to beat the Thunder and the Philadelphia 76ers at their I home. Mean, if, if they lose the next three, I mean, obviously that's not going to help. Uh, Magic Man, your thoughts? Uh, I mean, what do the Lakers have to do for you in your eyes to say see it as a successful road trip? Absolutely. And shout out to Rel from We Talk Mavs. He's in our chat right now. Uh, blessed. Absolutely. Big shout out. Absolutely. Big shout Rel. out. Uh, Congratulations Gerald. on their success. They're doing Absolutely. a great job there. You know what, Gerald? I'm I'm with you and Joe. I, you know, they I think four four and oh is a realistic goal here. We gotta that Monday game is a is a splinter in the mind's eye for me because a lot depends on that maxi matchup. Who's who's checking him? But you got the back to back on Thursday though, man, with the That's thunder. Tough. I know. That's yes. tough. Yeah, three and one. I, I, three I, one road trip is a big success. For it me. is, it is, it yeah. is, especially considering the fact I mean, that I'd love I mean, four and oh too. If, if you can get LeBron and or AD, uh, now if we get some help, if we get some injured games. players back, that could be a difference maker. If Reddish and Vando could come back, <laughs> if one or two of those guys are available, I think you, I, I think LeBron gets a maintenance day on Wednesday. Right. I don't want to see. I don't want to see him. Fight Isaiah. You know, three days, three, I mean, four, four day, three games in four days. Is I, mean, I, I, mean, nobody, I mean, nobody really wants to watch the Detroit Pistons play basketball. The Detroit Pistons fans don't want to watch the Detroit. <laughs> I got to get L Rob on there for that. Please, somebody, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I will, yeah, I will be in there. Yeah, yeah. If he's going to even go into the game, I'll ask him. I'll, I'll shoot that, him an email. Yeah, because they are. A bunch of sad sacks right now, yeah. Gerald. That is a sad sack of Island a of Misfit Toys. Yes. Yeah, we need guys back for Thursday's game. <laughs> five five point guards on that team that aren't point guards. Either that, that or either that or find oh. a young girl and send her to six, six, seven, six, 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 ten centers that are yeah. not really centers. Yeah, you need you need a guard that's not a guard or a wing that's not a wing. Call up the Detroit Pistons. Fifteen year old girl. 
You know, it's unbelievable, Gerald. You have Kate Cunningham, the number one pick overall, and you still can't figure out how to build a team around him. And by by the way, his effectiveness, Gerald, is very, very, very well known. However, he's got no help. So it doesn't really matter. It's kind of like the impo- Alperin Shingun situation from last year. He played really well. Nobody was making shots when he passed them the ball. It's kind of the same situation with Kate Cunningham as now. Only the difference is, as Gerald has pointed out, the Rockets got the right Thompson. Detroit didn't. Seemingly, but we'll see. I mean, right now it's, t- it's so early to tell So on all these rookies. So... We'll see. Uh, I got to sit down, though, with Rafael Barlow from uh, NBA's Big Board Podcast to see how he's doing, check in with him, and also talk about the rookies this year. So definitely will be I don't something see, I got to catch up with. I don't see with. anything on my feed from... from. He's still putting out shows. Pardon? He's still putting out shows. Rafael, yeah, absolutely. Is it not working out well, or... No, he's still putting out shows. He's still on... The, you know, he's NBA Big Board. He's got his uh, sub stack there. He's also got... Uh, his show that he does several times a week, it's still there. Yeah, I, I get the feed. It comes on my feed. So got to yeah. go ahead and see what, see how he's doing and uh, hopefully get him back. Yeah, I see him all, traveling all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm assuming he's not traveling all over the place and all over the world just for right. his right. health. I'm assuming he's still scouting pretty heavily on the uh, you know players that are coming into the league or can come right. into the league here soon. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Sky Keller says – Sorry, I'm late. Which Laker trade? Which Laker Tom trade did I miss? Uh, Levine, Sky Dweller. He's he's still packaging for Zach Levine at this point. I, I have only one trade for Zach Levine, and that's the December fifteenth trade that doesn't involve Rui or Reeves or anybody that I want to keep. All right. Well, again, that's another story for another day on that one. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Please follow Laker Tom for more of those trade. I, I use I just go there because you know for a laugh if I'm like half down on my day, something bad happened, or just kind of a little just going meandering through my day. I head on over to at Laker Tom, see one of his crazy Laker trades, see the responses to it that all call him insane, and I go ahead and my smiles back around already. So when I go to at Laker Tom on Twitter, plus also as well his great Laker blogs. He's got another one on the way, so go ahead and check it out. When will it be up? Um, couple days. Couple days at LakerHolics.com. We'll see after the Philadelphia game will be nice or not so nice. But Magic right. Man is here. You got to go ahead and check out. He's been trying Magic Mind. Please go ahead and check out Magic Mind. It's could be a very good supplement. It's worked so far for Magic Mind. He's sharper, more alert, more attentive. He actually stayed awake for Laker Tom and I throughout the show. That's a, you know, for a lot of people out there, that's that's a pretty tough thing to do. So go ahead and check out what he's doing at magicmind.com by going ahead and getting a 15 or 30 bottle order today and use the code Lakers20 for 20% off your order today. All right, guys, uh, doing a great job out there. Thanks so much to Laker Tom and Magic Man Sean Grice for stopping by. We'll be back tomorrow pregame. It's going to be a little bit earlier because the game is on at 4 p.m. Pacific. Mm. 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. It's the Lakers at Philadelphia. Oh, Gerald, Gerald yes. before we before we head on out, I just wanted to let Miss. Uh, never mind. No, never please, mind. please. 
Oh, um, I, I just wanted to let uh, all the Steeler fans out there know that uh, Antonio Brown has uh, chimed in on the Josh Giddy situation. Oh, uh, uh, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, and it's very uh... and um, yes, it's what the reaction Gerald had. Yes, yes, absolutely, it is indeed. <laughs> Well, go ahead and check it out today on Twitter, but also as well, go ahead and check out Lakerholics.com. And of course, check us out tomorrow for the pregame, during the game, right there for us. What Remember, we're uncut. We're all together. It's always a great time at playback.tv slash Lakers fast break during the game. And then, of course, the postgame. The best postgame for the Lakers that you can find anywhere is right here where we're having a Great end to a great Lakers weekend right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.